0: Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all day fun with spring break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like FanFave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players start playing with just five bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings America's number one rated sports book app. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. Classic journeyman. Now I've got a bunch of podcasts. Thought Steve Fezzik was phenomenal on the Even Money podcast, talking about the lessons we learned betting during the 2020 season that will take forward in 2021. Some of the undervalued teams because of COVID, home field advantage, what it means, what it doesn't mean in terms of the point spread, key numbers, how they're affected by two-point conversions. Listen, if you're into it at all, or even if you just want to hear about it and learn more about it, listen to yesterday's Even Money podcast. Very excited, by the way. By today's guest, we always want to bring you the best and brightest on Wednesdays. A lot of times it's Andrew Brandt. Definitely check out Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast this week because it's phenomenal. Talking a little baseball with a baseball agent. It's always interesting to me to hear agents in these other sports speak because I get so engrossed in football. We're going to have on Shield Capadia in a couple minutes here. Huge fan. Of Shields. I have been for a long time. He's covered the Eagles forever. Then he went and covered the Seahawks for a while. Now he covers the entire NFL for the Athletic. And what caught my attention recently, he did power rankings. He did pre-free agency power rankings, which is a really interesting way to look at it. Nobody else would actually do that. But where do these teams stand right now, like going into free agency? He also listed his top 50 free agents. Which I thought was really interesting. I've got some questions for him on that. Plus, there's lots of news, Eagles and Seahawks related, with regards to their quarterbacks that I got to get Shield's opinion on momentarily. I should mention we will already have the final Ross Tucker football podcast of the week tomorrow, if you can believe that. Greg Cosell breaking down the top six quarterbacks. In the 2021 NFL Draft, you are not going to want to miss this. We're going to do a best ball primer on the Fantasy Feast today. Best ball is where it's at. I'm just telling you. Love best ball. Love best ball at DraftKings. Going to do that with Joe Dolan and maybe a surprise guest a little bit later today. Speaking of top quarterbacks, you can check out the College Draft podcast as well. I had Fran Duffy on with Emory Hunt, and they had some interesting things to say about some under-the-radar quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. Spread the word, winner, tomorrow at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Haven't picked it yet. You know what to do. Engage Maverick. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Haven't picked that one either. Take advantage of any of the deals we have for you on the sponsors tab at rostucker.com. Email me, Ross, at RossTucker.com. Boom, and then... Just as easy is the YouTube shout out. Sign up at YouTube.com slash Tucker NFL. It's free to subscribe. And then comment on any of the videos, and you might get the cameo style shout-out video. I love doing those cameo videos for you. Just like I love bringing on smart guests, I read almost everything this guy writes. It's big show time. The big show. So, one of the reasons, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to bring Shield Capadia on. You can check him out on Twitter, at Shield Capadia. I'm guessing a lot of you are already familiar with his work. If you're not, it's S-H-E-I-L-K-A-P-A-D-I-A. And he's one of these guys that when you read his articles, you can tell how much time he puts in. Like, Sheil, you're a real sicko, bro. Like, you love it. I, I used to talk all the time. And people that remember back in the day, remember we talked about the sickness and the disease where you just love football, can't get enough of it. You have it. I can tell by reading your stuff, you absolutely have the disease.
1: You know what's happened to me recently, Ross, is that I'm loving like the off season as much as the in-season. Like I love watching the games and sitting down on Sunday and Monday, but the intrigue of this, maybe it's this off season specifically looking at which players could get moved, which teams could improve from last year, new coaches, all these different types of things. Like, I feel like I'm ready to go for February, March, April, as much as I would be for September, October, November. You know,
0: it's interesting that you say that I know people, including in the media, friends of mine, they don't, they don't care for the off season at all. They they're just not like contracts, money. Like they think they think you know a trade is interesting when like Stafford and Golf get traded. They're into that, but they're not into contracts. I totally disagree, you. Like I've often said, I could be a coach, but I'd be more interested in being in a front office. I, I really I really enjoy the money. I, I enjoy the business part of it. My listeners know I've got three small businesses. I really like that part of it. And you're right. It feels like with the variables of this offseason, including the cap going down, you know, somewhere between 30 and 40 million from where people I mean, people thought it'd be between 210 and 220, probably on the lower end of that. And it's gonna be 180, we believe, 30 to 40 million dollars less than what we thought. It provides for a lot of intrigue. And that actually brings up the first question. I was reading through your top 50 free agents, and either you or I, whatever, we can link to it later so people can check it out. You can just Google Sheil of The Athletic, and you can see his top 50 free agents. It's interesting, by the way. Number one, Dak Prescott. Number two, Alan Robinson. Three, Chris Godwin. Four, Justin Simmons. Five, Leonard Williams. Not going to go through the whole list, but I encourage you guys to check it out. What I found interesting about the story, though, Sheil, is you kept talking about what other players in recent years have gotten and saying this should be the market for him this should set the floor for him etc i guess i'm wondering with all of the teams in that that have major cap issues and with the cap going down 30 million are you really confident that these guys are all going to get what comparable players got a year ago? It's a good
1: point, and people and commenters asked that question as soon as the post went up. You know, I, I think there's obviously a degree of uncertainty with this offseason. My understanding, and and I, this makes a lot of sense to me, is that the top tier guys, and this is the top 50, so you know, you could say that maybe the top 25 of this list, they're going to have that market. They're going to find the payday that they're looking for. Because if you look at it really over the last, you know, even since March, right, when we knew there was a pandemic, people knew that there was probably going to be salary cap implications going forward. Guys still got paid. You know, there were extensions in September, whether it was uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, some of the wide receivers, even going back to last year's free agency with the guy like Amari Cooper's getting 20 million. I mean, there were a lot of high-level free agents getting paid. A guy like Keenan Allen got an extension leading up to the season. And so those top-level guys, the market did not seem to be affected as much for them as maybe it will be for some of the middle class and some of the lower-level guys. So I think that might be where you see more of the impact. But the the top five you just mentioned and guys beyond that, I do think they're going to find that payday because teams can structure these deals in such a way where those cap pits aren't huge for them here in 2021, they can give them a big signing bonus and have that spread throughout the length of the contract. So uh we'll see, you know, I don't say it with hundred percent certainty, but I do feel like a lot of the top guys are going to find the deals that they're looking for.
0: It's interesting as well, because I, I had Scott Pioli, you know, five-time executive of the year in the NFL on Monday's Ross Tucker football podcast. He talked about, maybe there being a bunch of one-year deals. And I guess I would say uh, there's two ways you can do it. You can do that, or you can do what you're saying, Sheil, which is you can give the guys what they're hoping to get, what they always thought they'd get, just a lot of the money in an upfront bonus that gets spread out so that their cap number is low here in 2021. I still think, though, don't you, Sheil, that – with some of these teams like the Saints and the Eagles, these teams way over the cap, it still feels to me like it should be a buyer's market and that you should be able to get a lot of value on now. Maybe these aren't maybe aren't maybe the elite guys, but guys that find themselves sort of that would find themselves as tier two free agents. I think you're gonna be able to get some of these guys at a pretty affordable rate if if you wait a week and maybe it's only a one year deal or whatever but it just feels like it'll be a buyers market.
1: Yeah, I think there I think there is a bigger difference between the haves and the have-nots this year. You know, I think in a lot of years we usually go into free agency and we say, well, these teams are kind of capped out, they can't do anything and then all of a sudden the second day of free agent free agency one of those teams is landing uh, a big name player for a big contract because as we know, you can maneuver and structure things uh, all kinds of different ways with the salary cap, but this year is a little bit different. I mean, a team like the New Orleans Saints, uh, the Eagles you mentioned, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if if these teams find some way to land like a big free agent, I would be shocked because you can go through their entire rosters and restructure all sorts of deals and kick the can down the road with their veterans, and it's kind of like just barely getting them to where they need to be in terms of the salary cap. It's not like it's clearing up space for them to land a big player. So, It's going to be really interesting with the teams that do have space, a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets. Even, you know, Ross, the team I'm really interested in is the New England Patriots because they have cap space, and if ever we wanted like a natural experiment of – what does Bill Belichick think about building a roster in the year 2021? We're going to pretty much get it this year. You know, he's got no quarterback. He's got, a, he's got a higher draft pick than he normally would, and he's got more cap space than most teams in the NFL. So this is going to be like a, a book, a paper written by Bill Belichick of here's what I think you should do in the year 2021 if you're kind of starting from scratch to build a strong roster. So, yeah, I do think those teams at the top there – Who do have the cap space? Uh, I think they're going to have a lot of opportunities to improve
0: their rosters pretty quickly here. So let's get to a couple players that I I need to get your thoughts on. Um, You know, you spent uh, several years in Seattle covering the Seahawks, and I've always been a huge Russell Wilson guy, Shield. I've said for years that if there was one quarterback I could have for the next decade in the NFL, it would be Russell Wilson. It just feels like now I'm not sure I feel that way now, but um, over the last few years, I've said that it seemed like he always does the right thing. Always says the right thing. I was stunned by what he said. Do you have a read on that as a guy that covered him for a couple of years? It was just so out of character for him to say, I don't know if the ceo are getting calls on me and I'm tired of getting hit so much. Really, really strange to hear that coming from Russell. I think we've seen a change
1: with Russell Wilson the past couple of years here. You know, I covered him in the Seahawks in 2015 and 2016, and those offensive lines were not good at all. But he would not, uh, you know, throw them under the bus. Or if he's being asked, hey, you got sacked, you know, five, six times, are you getting the protection you need? He would kind of always have their back. And so this was surprising to me because it was a little bit of throw, you know, I don't know if it's as far as throwing your teammates under the bus, but certainly it's a level of criticism we hadn't heard from him before. And if you go back to last year, it was around the same time this year where he was doing interviews and he was saying, we need to throw the football more. You know, we're being a little bit uh, too conservative with these run, this run first offense. And if you looked at the Seahawks during the year, the first 10, 11 weeks of the season, they were throwing the football more than they ever had before. So Part of me wonders whether he feels a little bit more empowered. He's been there a while. He's saying, you know what, Uh, we haven't gotten to the Super Bowl since 2014. We haven't gotten past the divisional round since 2014. I need to make my voice heard about the changes we need to make with this roster and with our organizational philosophy. And to be honest, another part of me wonders, Russ, you know, Russell Wilson is a very smart marketer and he's got a team around him who he's had since he entered the league. And part of me just wonders if he knows it's kind of good business to kind of get out there, get your name out there, do these interviews around February, March, get your name in the headlines. Uh, I don't want to say for the attention, but because he knows it's kind of like a a little bit of a marketing ploy where he's doing um, these interviews and he's saying things that are getting uh, in the headlines. So that might be a small part of it, but certainly a part of me, uh, you know, wonders about that as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't see how he benefits from doing this at all. I mean, I'm sure he's already voiced some of those frustrations to Pete Carroll and to John Schneider, I don't know what good it does going public with it, other than get some of the old linemen pissed at him. And to me, what I didn't really care for was what I described Sheila, as, as a lack of personal responsibility and accountability. You know, there's a lot of times he could get rid of the ball. Like, don't I don't like hearing guys talk about how much they're getting hit when he doesn't he doesn't get the ball out quick a lot. He tries to do the Fran Tarkenton thing a lot. I'm not saying they have a great O-line, but he can get the ball out quicker in a lot of, and maybe he can't see things at times because of his height or whatever. But I was just surprised and and honestly disappointed because he's a guy that I've kind of vouched for forever, and and I was disappointed by that. I think we all, Shield, were disappointed with how Carson Wentz played a year ago. Very surprising. How he played in 2020. I guess here we are, ten days after we had heard these reports that he would be traded imminently, right? I mean, I think it was last. It was Friday a week ago, so it would have been Friday the fifth. You know, before the Super Bowl, there was talk, and then Adam Schefter said, "Supposed to be traded in the coming days." Well, here we are, the 17th. What's going on, Shield?
1: Uh, I think Howie Roseman is waiting for. The deal that he says, this is 100% the best deal I'm going to. Get. It's a no brainer. I mean, I I think they've tried a lot of different things to try to uh, drum up maybe even more interest than there was. I do think there was interest from teams, but I think Howie Rose has been saying, you know, they're going to take the biggest dad cap hit in NFL history when they move Carson Wentz. So to do that, you want to make sure you maximize compensation. And so there are, you know, different tricks you can use. You can, um, you know, let people know that there are different teams involved. You can say a trade is imminent, whereas uh, another team that might be interested said, all right all right, we better get in our best offer right now. So to me, that's what this is about is just trying to uh, wait and wait and make sure you get the absolute best deal that you think could possibly be on the table. I mean, I've seen people suggest that Carson Wentz could still come back. I mean, I think that's nonsense. I think when you dangle a player like this, given the history that they've had, I don't think that there's any chance that Carson Wentz would come back. And all of a sudden you're committing $40 million to him when 10 days ago, you thought your best course of action was to move on from him. So uh, I still think it's going to happen. I still think it's going to happen sooner rather than later but it is certainly noteworthy that it hasn't happened yet.
0: Do you think, Sheil, and I guess this is a little bit of a loaded question, do you think Wentz is salvageable? And I guess in my mind, could he be the top five guy again? Could he be a seven through 12 guy again? Could he be a, a functioning starter again? And Or is he stuck in whatever what he was this past year? I guess there's four possibilities, right? Do you think he's salvageable?
1: Yeah, I think you framed that in the right way, Ross, because when we talk about like it needs to be defined, what is salvageable? Because is he going to be the 2017 guy? I would say that's unlikely. I mean, maybe he'll have a year uh, at some point in his career where he does reach those heights. But I would say what we've seen the past three years, that's unlikely. However, that second tier that you mentioned, that seven to 12 tier. I do think that is is realistic. You know, if you look at it in 2018 and 2019 by both statistical by most statistical measures, he was around the 11th or 12th best quarterback in the NFL. And that was not with a, you know, fantastic supporting cast. You could certainly cert- question some of the coaching, uh, a lot of things Around him. And so I think if you're a team that's looking to trade for Carson Wentz, you're saying, you know what? 2020 was an outlier. He had 13 different offensive line combinations. He played poorly. The coaching wasn't great, all these different things. But that's not really who he is. And you can look back at 2018 and 19 and say, we can get that guy. If we trade for him, we can get that guy who is an above average starter, maybe not an elite guy, but a solid guy. And he's only 28 years old. And so there is room for growth if you believe in your coaching and we see coaches and gms talk themselves into fixing players every year a lot of times it doesn't work they uh, they're kind of too confident in their abilities with wentz i think if your expectations are that he's going to be you know an above average quarterback not an elite guy then i think that's realistic for a team looking to trade for
0: so the last thing i want to get into was your power rankings which is sort of a uh, sadistic thing to do before free agency or the draft but I think also enlightening um, because let's see where these teams are. So the ones that really jumped out to me, two teams in the top 10. And I would encourage everyone to check out Shields' article at The Athletic. And you know what, Shield? I want you to frame it actually first so people understand, like, you're essentially taking into account their current cap situation. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but having the free agents not on the team right now or or acknowledging that, you know, whether it's likely or unlikely, certain guys would be back. That's
1: right. Yep. It's a look, it's kind of a look ahead, power rankings and it's based on simply which teams have the best chance to contend for a Super Bowl next year. So if you're kind of a middling team and I think your ceiling is seven and nine, eight and eight, regardless of what you do this offseason, then you're not going to rank very high. And I do did try to take into account, all right, who's making the decisions for these teams? What kind of cap space do they have? What pending free agents do they have? What kind of draft capital do they have. So it's kind of a look ahead that, hey, when it comes to week one of next year and everyone's putting their power rankings out, here's my guess projecting how these these
0: teams will look at that point. So on the on the high side Niners number 6 Chargers number 9 were a couple that jumped out to me for sure Niners with sort of the uncertainty at the quarterback position and the Chargers I mean I feel like this will be the 37th consecutive year that the Chargers are people's like surprise pick to be better than other people think they to be better than they normally are
1: I know. Yeah, I might as well start with the Chargers because all the Chargers readers
0: that we have on The
1: Athletic were like, dude, just come on, not again. Don't put us through this again. But I really think there's a lot of hope for the, the 2021 Chargers. I mean it this time, I swear, because we all watched what Justin Herbert did last year, and I thought their game management was really the worst in the NFL. When you look at um, games that they lost with Anthony Lynn, whether it was timeouts, whether it was not getting the field goal unit on the field, whether it was getting conservative and I think they're going to be so much better this year with Herbert on a rookie contract with Brandon Staley coming in with the staff that he's assembled where I really think they are a team that really can contend in the AFC maybe to be the surprise team in the entire NFL so that's why I had them up there you know you don't want to just go with the rankings based on how everyone finished the previous year that's no fun so that's a projection but that definitely is one I believe and then the other team you mentioned is the San Francisco 49ers really this is kind of just a vote of confidence in Kyle Shanahan and saying you know what they were competitive last year they weren't great they were the probably the most injured team in the entire NFL and they have moves to make you know maybe it's holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo and adding a backup who's going to be a lot better than what they've had in previous seasons where their season does not go completely down the drain if Garoppolo suffers an injury but I really feel like if they can just kind of shore up that quarterback situation whether it's a backup or maybe it's moving on from Garoppolo and really swinging for a big upgrade but if they can do one of those two things I really think that the culture there is strong I think they've got some stud players still Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, you know, if they bring Trent Williams back, their wide receivers, George Kittle, I think they've got a good group there where they are positioned to bounce back and be a really good team next year.
0: On the flip side, um, I don't know that I disagree with either one necessarily, but it was just interesting to see Saints at 24 and the Eagles at 29, although I mean, that's kind of where the Eagles finish. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You just don't You don't often see the Eagles there in power rankings, but, you know, I follow them closely, and uh, they've even said it's a real transition year. But the Saints at 24, I think, will get people's attention.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I was surprised that people are kind of bullish on the Saints going into next season. I know we've seen Sean Payton. He's really worked his magic even when Drew Brees has been out. But if we assume that Drew Brees is going to retire, you're probably looking at a Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston offense. And I think it's different doing that for a four four or five game stretch compared to a 16 game season. And so I think they are going to have some growing pains there offensively and then defensively. They're losing some guys, you know, they're going to probably lose Trey Hendrickson, 13 and a half sacks last year. They're probably going to lose safety Marcus Williams, and they're probably going to have to make a lot of moves to cut salary uh, with a lot of starters on both sides of the ball just to get into good cap positioning where that you know they're under the cap for 2021 so i don't see a lot of avenues for them to really upgrade that roster in free agency in the draft in the trade market where they're going to be better than last season and i think they're going to take a big hit with drew Brees not being there
0: make sure you check him out on twitter at shield Capadia. that way you can follow all the stuff he does the podcast and of course I mean, this guy, he's got the disease. He's got, like, every day he's churning out awesome, awesome stories. Check him out there. Shiel, as advertised, this was fantastic. I got about six things I want to send to intern Casey to post on social media later. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Good to talk to you. I love guys like that. Like That guy's awesome. He's awesome. Like, a lot of you are awesome, especially those of you that rate and review the show. It means a great deal. We really appreciate it. It helps us for all the algorithms. You know what I'll do? I'll do a, um, for next week, I'll pick one person that rates and reviews the show, and I'll do whatever you want. I'll do either a video uh, shout out or a signed picture or press pass or card. Just go ahead. Rate and review the show on whatever podcast app you have, or rate and review multiple shows if you really want to win. Send it to me, ross at rosstucker.com, and boom, it's that easy. I'll let you pick whatever you want. Card, picture, press pass, video shout-out. And I'll announce that, how about Monday? So we'll do that Monday. All you have to do is rate and review the show between now and then. Send me the screenshot, ross at rosstucker.com. Tucks Takes
2: morning, Ross. Let's start today. Uh, former Chargers and Bucks wide receiver Vincent Jackson found dead in a hotel room at the age of 38.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, I feel like there's a lot of young people, relatively young people, uh, dying recently. Um, you know, uh, Tres Paler does a terrific job for Yahoo at 37, a Hall of Fame voter and writer, Pedro Gomez, Chris Westling, now Vincent Jackson, 38. I haven't heard anything about cause of death or anything like that. Whatever it is, it's awful, horrible. He was a terrific player, and I didn't even realize how much he had done for both of the communities in which he played. Takes.
2: Some other news. Carolina Panthers cut defensive tackle Kwan Short in a cap-saving measure.
0: There are going to be so many guys, Bri, in their early 30s on the market like Short. I mean, every team has like five of them. And that's why I think Sheel and I were talking, I think it's gonna be a buyer's market. You're gonna be able to get guys like Short and others for one year, not a whole lot of money. Now you gotta ask yourself, how much gas they still have in the tank? A lot of these guys have made a lot of money. How hungry are they? That's what you got to find out.
2: Speaking of a lot of money, Dolphins signed kicker Jason Sanders to a mega extension.
0: You know, all I'll say about signing kickers to a mega extension is you you better be right. You know, I mean, you better be right, because if that guy goes bad or turns bad, like kickers do from time to time, you got problems. I mean, they gave him a $10 million signing bonus or guaranteed five-year $22.5 Twenty-two and a half million over four million a year, you know, kickers are weird in the sense that they just kind of lose it sometimes. Now, if he continues to play as well as he did the last couple of years, then you're golden, obviously, and then you'll be happy you locked them up. But sometimes, for no reason, they just they just kind of lose it. Uh, let's get you an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. So the email address is always Ross at Ross dot com. So when you rate and review the show or you take advantage of any of our sponsors, whatever you do, that's where you send it. It's much appreciated. And that's how I know who, who to pick for the sponsor confirmation email winner or now the rate and review whatever you want. Winner. What do you got, Brian?
2: Hey, Ross. Hope this email finds you well. Made a big move from Los Angeles to El Paso. So I needed some new sheets for my mattress. So I bought some Bolden Branch ones using the code TUCKER and got 50 bucks off. Um, Here's my question. Uh, Big fan of muting the TV and throwing on the Westwood One radio call, most of all on Mondays, when my boy Kevin Harlan, the GOAT, is on. Now, my question for you, Ross, is uh, uh, how is Kevin when he's not broadcasting? Does his voice change? Is he just as funny and clever as he is on his calls? Uh, Appreciate what you guys do and all the content you put out. That's from Isaac.
0: Isaac, first of all, I've told you before, uh, Bowling Branch sheets are the bomb. My wife is obsessed. 50 bucks off when you use the code Tucker is ridiculous. So thank you for doing that, Isaac. Secondly, Kevin Harlan's awesome. And I would say... Not every guy is the way they are on camera off camera or on the air off the air. Kevin really is like that's him. That's Kevin. And if you ask anybody Brian will tell you like this is me. This this is who I am on the podcast is just who I am all the time. People are always surprised by that but this is this is what I do, how I live, who I am. That's Kevin as well. He is phenomenal. And I think people would enjoy that. He's so descriptive. And a lot of the radio guys are. They're so descriptive because it is radio. I think you'd enjoy sort of the word picture, even while you're watching it on TV. I think you should consider doing that because uh, he's just more descriptive because he kind of has to be. And by the way, he usually on Monday nights is with Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's an absolute stud. Like I don't know how Kurt Warner never got the Monday Night Football TV gig. Kurt Warner's excellent. So, anyway, good question, Isaac. Appreciate that. Shout out to some of our patrons. Been a while, by the way, since we got a patron. We got to get some more patrons up in here. Patreon.com/slash/rtmedia. Shout outs: Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporta Culture, Steakhouse Sports, Vision Comics with an X, DinerDepot.com, Best Ball Fantasy Football later today. The GOAT, Greg Cosell, tomorrow. Definitely listen to the Even Money podcast for 2020 Lessons Learned. I think you guys will really enjoy that. And I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.